Alex, I wanted to talk about the USDA plant hardiness zones map. Can you just kick it off? Tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so uh, every 10 years or so, the USDA produces these uh, a new kind of revision of these hardiness zones. And plant hardiness zones are, are one way of trying to reflect what types of plants can thrive um, and in, in what parts of the, of the country. Uh, so the USDA is the one who produces this. So, of course, we can think of it from a crop standpoint, um, as in what kind of specialty crop, agroforestry, what kind of cover crop, maybe what kind of grain crop can be grown in certain areas. But we can also think of it from a horticulture and um, kind of natural resource management, too, if we're wanting to, um, you know, increase the the density of, um, of natives across Illinois. Well, what natives tend to do well? Um, and, and, and so uh, the, the hardiest zones are based entirely on the average lowest annual temperature. So imagine a, a given year like 2023 or 2024, what was the coldest temperature, the lowest temperature that any individual place got to in a single year? And then we average that over typically 30 years. Um, and to say, okay, because those, those extreme nighttime temperatures that we can reach are really a big determinant, not the only determinant, but a big determinant for what plants can grow in certain areas, what plants can thrive in certain areas, um, that's what it's, it's based on. Um, so the idea being that, you know, we, we can grow banana trees here in Illinois. There are some folks, um, I had a former neighbor in the Carbondale area that had some banana trees. I know a few folks in the normal Bloomington normal area who have banana trees, but, but they don't produce bananas. So they can survive, but they don't thrive. Uh, and, and the reason being is that we just get too cold in the wintertime here. Um, but we can grow cherries. Um, so so that, that's kind of one example of how this, how this plays a role. Um, what we've seen is that um, over the course of the last few iterations of this map, the last one being in 2012, we've seen a, a migration, consistent migration of these hardiness zones to the north. So zones that in the 1980s and 90s were um, covering much of Illinois have either moved to just the northern part of Illinois or entirely moved out of the state, whereas zones that have previously been to our south have, have sort of migrated into the state. And, and that's sort of representing the, the, um, the change in the winter temperatures that we've seen over the last several decades. So what kind of impact can these changing in zones have? Well, you know, there are, there are lots of impacts, and, and there's some benefits, and then there's some problems. Um, I'll talk about the benefits first. You know, what this is really showing us is just one line of evidence that in, in a whole lot of evidence that is uh, showing that winters are getting warmer in Illinois. And actually, winter is warming at a faster rate than, than the other three seasons. And uh, our nights, our winter nights are warming faster than our winter days. So it's really, it's really um, you know, the hardiness zones uh, are, are really at the, the forefront of, of um demonstrating climate change in Illinois. Um, and so, you know, one of the impacts from this is a, is a reduction in the frequency and the intensity of extreme cold in the wintertime all across the state. We still get very cold temperatures. Uh, we set the, the statewide um, uh, all-time low temperature record just in 2019 up in Mount Carroll. Uh, but the frequency and the, the length, the duration, the intensity of that cold is decreasing. Uh, what one example of this, you know, the lowest temperature that we hit in all of 2023 here in Champaign was five degrees Fahrenheit. 
which is, yeah, that's cold. But um, when your average low temperature is minus five degrees, that just shows how how uh, mild uh, the, the year 2023 was. And so what that means in a, in a positive sense is that um, when it comes to um, the, the important culturally or, or uh, economically important plants uh, and animals that may not do as well in the extreme cold are able to thrive a bit more. Uh, and for humans, uh, from a human health perspective, those who are at an increased risk of exposure to extreme cold, uh, especially those who are experiencing um, you know, housing insecurity, uh, they have overall less exposure to that extreme cold. Um, uh, and, and we do see globally a decrease in, in the amount of, of cold-related mortality because of that. On the flip side, problems that come from a, uh, a decrease in that extreme cold um, are, are many, one of which is that you know, we talked about um, how you know, there's certain plants and animals that can that can thrive in a little bit of a warmer Illinois winter. Well, some of those plants and animals are non-native and, and actually invasive or, or problematic, um, and uh, and we're, we're seeing that um, uh, these non-native invasive species of plants and animals that are migrating further to the north, um, and and bring with them either um, competition for our our again culturally or economically important species of plants and animals. Uh, we can think of. Um, uh, you know, like um, uh, things like Amer honey, honeysuckle, um, kudzu, um, uh, big-headed carp, for example, or um, uh, opi, um, uh, or uh, different types of plants and animals that uh, create health issues, uh, like the Gulf Coast tick, for example, which brings a heartland disease and a couple of other vector-borne uh, diseases that have shown a uh, propensity to move north with, with warming winter. So there's that, there's that aspect of things as well. We think from an agricultural standpoint, you know, the overwintering of certain types of, dis of diseases and insect pests can be a bit more effective under these more mild winters. Um, and so when you combine that with the you know, kind of concurrent increase in spring wetness, and um, you know, we can see this, this, these um, integrated pest management issues, both in commodity crops and specialty crops, that are uh, uh, that are at least partially a result of of, of our warming winters. So, you know. Um, when we look at at something like winter warming, like I said, there are there are benefits to that in Illinois. There are definitely um, you know problems that come along with that, and and although it's just one signal, it is an important signal um, in these uh, change in the hardiness zones maps that, that's showing that this is actually occurring in Illinois. So when you took a look at the more recent hardiness zone map when it came out, were you surprised at these shifts? I was surprised at the magnitude of the shift. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but um, I, I, if, if you would have asked me to um, uh, to, to, to bet uh, on what, what we would see in the new map, I, I would say, yeah, we're going to see a northward shift. Just because the last, um, basically, the, the difference between the 2012 map and the 2023 map is sort of getting rid of the 1980s and adding on the 2010s, you know, 2010 to 2020. So uh, knowing what that decade was like in warm, relatively mild winter temperatures, I would have expected that, that, that northward shift. But we, we saw a really significant northward shift of, of many of these zones. Um, so, for example, the, the, the kind of boundary between a 5B and 6A zone, um, that, that migrated about 60 to 70 miles north between the 2012 map and the, and, and the, and the 2023 map. So, um, you know, I live, you know, kind of between Champaign-Urbana and Bloomington Normal, and, and in the 2012 map, I was pretty squarely in a 5B 
zone 5b um and now in the current map the zone the zone 5b is a good 30 miles north of of my house so um you know just in that short period of time we've seen that migration um you know whereas the the same zone 6a was really relegated to just kind of the inner core of the chicagoland area in 2012 we've seen that expansion to um almost all of cook county dupage county will county and even a, a big chunk of Lake County um, along the lake there. So, um, and then, you know, for the first time since these maps have been created, we saw a zone 7B, uh, which is uh, really widely thought of as more of a southern zone, um, uh, come into Illinois. Now, it's just in a very small sliver of Pulaski County in far southern Illinois, but still, again, representing the, the kind of uh, milding or increasing temperature trends in the winter. So we saw this shift north in the zones in Illinois. Did that translate through the entire country? Did the country see a shift like we did? Yeah, mainly the same trends that we're seeing we're seeing in the Midwest, we're seeing in other regions as well. Um, there's some varying degrees of, of, the, of the change, um, but, but in general, we saw that northward shift all across the country. Trent, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Is there anything else you want to add before we let you go? Um, I I don't think so. I think this is this is um, you know again this is just one example of of um, of 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 you know what we're seeing as far as the, the change in our winter temperatures. Um, but I think it is really important when we consider what kind of plants we grow, what kind of plants thrive um, in, in Illinois, especially when we're thinking about the future. Um, it's it's a, a really important indication that uh, we need to consider how our climate's changing when we're working with, with plants in, in, the, in the Midwest. Thank you so much for hopping on with me today. Hey, thanks, Kaylee. Of course, Trent Ford, Illinois State Climatologist on AM 1330 FM 95.7 WREM.